This is your NFL Insider Report on the Zone Sports Network. Now, joining the big show from Locked On NFL, Matt Williamson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Yes, we talk NFL every Tuesday at this time. Out to the Zone phone we go. Joining us now our good friend Matt Williamson. What's going on, Matt? Not a heck of a lot. How you doing? Uh, we are doing great. Uh, answer me this. Were the Jets trying to lose last night? <laughs> uh, I, you know, the conspiracy theory, theorist in me thought maybe Belichick would want to lose that game so the Jets wouldn't get Lawrence for the future, too. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of like the Cowboys lost to the Steelers. It works out really well that you play well. It's your best game of the year. You're making progress on the field. But let's not do anything drastic like win. Has uh, Bill Belichick suddenly forgotten how to coach football, or is this just a demonstration that you got to have the players and really the coach is important from a leadership standpoint but can't control all things? Yeah, definitely the latter. But there's more to it. I mean, you know, Belichick is obviously totally in control of that organization. And, frankly, I think he's – and not the slightest bit overrated at all in terms of his place in history, very well could be the best that's ever done it. But I think Bill Belichick, the GM, has always let down Bill Belichick, the coach, every step of the way. You know, I mean, and much worse the last couple of years, you go look at their drafts. Go to drafthistory.com and pull up the Patriots. They have not brought in quality players at all over the last two, three, four years. And I understand they pick late in rounds, but they're not the only team to do that. And they're not finding gems. They make a lot of picks. So I think, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. I think it's one of the five worst rosters in the league. I mean, they have no skill position talent. Their defense is getting slow. And, and the COVID opt-outs haven't helped them either. But, man, they are devoid of talent right now. You mentioned the Cowboys, uh, Matt, and uh, you cover the Steelers closely, and they uh, they just got done playing them. The narrative coming out of Dallas still is that Dak Prescott is the um, the quarterback of the future and the franchise quarterback. Is do you believe them when they say that? Mostly, I mean, I think Dak's a great player. I, I think he's a top eight quarterback who deserves $40 million a year, is a true franchise quarterback, and there aren't many of them around. But $40 million a year takes a lot out of your cap, and he's coming off a catastrophic injury that's really hard for me or any of us, or even the Cowboys, to comment on, You know, especially because he's such a movement-based player anyway. I mean, is he going to be the same player post-injury? That's a, you know, yet another question. So, you know, they didn't take advantage of it as well as most teams could or do, but they, you know, they, they lived with having very little invested in the quarterback position and all the things you could do with a rookie starter. So if they end up in a position to take one of these top three or four quarterbacks, it wouldn't blow me away if they made that choice. I mean, if you had to ask me who's the Cowboys starting quarterback to open next year, I would say Dak Prescott. I think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. 
Matt, what do you think of the NFL owners passing this resolution that rewards teams for developing minority coaches and executives? Do you have any thoughts on that? I guess it has to still be approved by the Players Association. But do you think this will have any effect? It's a good question. You know, again, I'm in Pittsburgh, and the Rooney Rule is, you know, derived from the Steelers, obviously. Um, I, I haven't really dug into the details of this latest proposition but to not to be crude or you know in any way uh, insensitive i don't know the teams should be rewarded with a draft pick or something along those lines i think it's just you know hire the best guy obviously maybe i'd live under a rock and you know don't understand how big the problem is and i certainly don't mean to offend anyone that way but um if somebody picks up a fourth or fifth round pick just because they hired someone of color I don't know that that's the right answer. Matt, who's the uh, – I asked you this last week, and, and maybe it hasn't changed, but who's the best team in the league right now? I think it's the Chiefs by a wide margin, to be honest with you. I mean, I think the Saints, you know, have won five in a row, just destroyed Tampa Bay, who I thought was the best team in the NFC one week ago when we talked. So I don't can't go on that bandwagon anymore. But I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC now, and that's noteworthy. Steelers are undefeated, um, but I think Kansas City is I don't know five, six, seven point favorite over Pittsburgh or New Orleans right now, or Seattle or anyone they faced. I mean, they're making it look pretty easy. I know they've had a tough game against Carolina, and they've stumped their toe against the Raiders, and the Chargers kind of got to them and. They do have some issues. Their offensive line is not great right now, but I just feel like they can turn it on whenever they want. Matt, who's your uh, who's your MVP at this point? Is it Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or somebody else? No, it would still be Wilson, although the turnovers the last two weeks are hurting his cause. And to the shock of no one, Mahomes is coming, breathing down his neck like gangbusters, as you'd expect. I mean, uh, and I said this all off season. I wrote several articles about it. That if I were doing quarterback tiers, I think those two stand alone. And frankly, I'm not sure who the better player is. I know everyone in the world thinks Mahomes is the best player on the planet, and by no means am I cutting on him at all. He's amazing. I've never seen anybody like him. But Wilson's a little further along in quarterback development. I really think they're one A and you know one B in terms of the best players at the most important position. And then there's a decent gap between those two and everybody else. So, Matt, a big story around here being, a, you know, the Utah Jazz are in town and being a big NBA town is the agreement that the Players Association and the league is kind of hammering out to, to restart things. And a the theme has been that the, the relationship between those two entities and the NBA has been really, really good and really productive. As uh, someone who doesn't pay quite as close attention to the NFL, how has the relationship between the league and the players gone during all of this? And are there any, you know, major issues that uh, could arise shortly? It's a good question, too, because I think what's kind of forgotten in all this is, you know, the, the last, like, league event that I went to or did anything with was the NFL Combine. And the huge news then were, boy, is this, you know, is this CBA going to get worked out? And there was a lot of changes in this CBA from last. And that kind of just got all forgotten because, boom, COVID hits, like, as soon as that was over. So I wonder, you know, when we get back to normalcy, assuming we do, are, are some of those changes going to be, 
you know, something we look back on and say, boy, they, they weren't a good idea. But this isn't really what you asked. But I, I think even like having the virtual draft and all the, you know, as a former scout, less travel and fewer in-person events, I think a lot of that's going to stick. And I think that we that some of the things that we've experimented with as a league, as scouting, as coaching, are, are really going to make – football better you know in terms of we had to make change and that's true in like all walks of life i mean a lot of inventions and big changes for positive came during bad times when people had to change i think we've learned a lot about teaching these players and maybe the the free season doesn't need four games and is as important as people thought so in the end and maybe i'm just an optimist i think a lot of good change long term will come out of things that have gone on in the last year Matt, what do you make of the effect COVID-19 has had on the league? It seems like every team is dealing with one thing or another in that regard. And I saw that the owners approved that plan to expand the playoff field uh, by two teams if uh, if games can't be played uh, due to yeah. that. What do you what do you what do you make of the way the league is handling this situation? I'm pretty impressed overall. I think a major theme, and this is true for. You know, last Thursday, I didn't know if that game was going to get played. But I think the show goes on. I mean, I think the NFL's made it pretty clear that they are not going to change games or cancel games unless it's drastic. They did some of that early in the year. I think that that's probably not going to happen going forward unless things are really, really drastic. I think it's pretty clear they don't want to have a Week 18, you know, as makeup games and things like that. That hey, if if you if we do have to cancel one and one team only plays 15 games, uh, we're going to go with you know the, their winning percentage to figure out who goes to the postseason, and just in case we screw anybody over, we're going to take an extra team this year. But in the end, <laughs> let's not forget. I mean, canceling games costs them money. Adding an eighth team to each side of the playoff makes them money. You know, like they're they're doing everything they possibly can to to make as much bucks as they can in this situation. They're not going to kill the golden goose. And in this case, I'm very fine with that because one of my biggest fears is the salary cap goes down next year because a lot of teams will have to cut a lot of high-quality players. And if it means you know changing the playoffs this year or whatever, not canceling games, and if they can keep the, the salary cap or about where it is today – I think the league will be a lot better off for it. That's my big fear is this off-season salary cap going down could really have a negative ramifications. I wonder which teams would benefit, which team would be likely to be in a position to benefit from if it goes up to 16 teams. Is there a team that comes to mind that you think is sort of a middle-tier hanger-oner who might be able to get in if that's the case? Um, you know, your Raiders that are close to you and the Browns and the Dolphins, I think would be a, a nice battle. Probably two of those three end up going. And if you're a team like Miami that a year ago looked like by far the worst team in the league, that's nice progress. I mean, just getting Tua and a young coach to a playoff game, even if you get blown out against the one seed or whatever, that would go a long way. I think Arizona's in that same mold too, where – it wasn't long ago they were the worst team in the league by a wide margin and, you know, the young coach trying to build something that if you can just get into the show and have playoff game, playoff experience for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and the whole organization, 
that it might really pay off a year from now or down the road. Matt, going back on the field here for a second, you mentioned in your uh, MVP answer, talking about that, we were talking about Russell Wilson. Well, the star of last week in the NFL was in that game, but not Russell Wilson. Josh Allen, 415 yards and three touchdowns, and he's done that a couple of times this year uh, where he's been over 400 yards and had three touchdowns. What what has he figured out in Buffalo that we didn't see the past couple of years? Yeah, it's really impressive, and – you know, the first month of the year, he was very much in that MVP conversation, cooled down a little bit, and then he was the better player. I mean, with all the good things I said about Wilson, Allen was better than him on the same field this past Sunday. And obviously, he's, from what I understand, he's an extremely hard worker. And I think the game has slowed down for him. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He used to have four or five plays a game where I'd be like, what are you doing? And now those have been cut down dramatically. Um, he was, despite having a huge arm, was probably the worst deep passer in the league last year. And it sounds like he's put a lot of work into his deep touch and accuracy, and that's starting to pay off. I think adding Stefan Diggs helps that dramatically. And one thing that it, it can easily overlook is when John Brown's been in there with Diggs, Allen's been really good. When, when one of them, or when Brown's missed time, he struggled a little bit, you know, and it doesn't seem like a big thing, but when his weapons are in an ideal situation, he's been carving up everybody and he's got as much ability as any guy in the league. Matt, is there a coach uh, that is impressing you this year, aside from the the typical names that come off the top of the list? Is there somebody you think uh, deserves a little more credit? One of my favorites to bring up is Brian Flores in Miami. We kind of touched on the Dolphins. They're way ahead of schedule, in my opinion. You know, people like to say, oh, all Belichick's disciples don't know what they're doing. They all fail. They all try to be Bill. Oh, this guy is building a quite the culture in Miami. Their defense is really hard to play against. They're aggressive. They're disciplined. They don't turn the football over. They're bringing their young quarterback along perfectly well, made a big-time decision to bench Fitzpatrick, and it looks like it's the right call. Now they have all these draft picks and resources going forward. I really like where Miami is from a coach-quarterback future you know, standpoint. Matt, thank you very much as always. We always look Absolutely. forward to uh, our conversations. Thanks, buddy. Absolutely. We'll do it again next week. Looking forward to it. Our friend Matt Williamson. You can follow him on Twitter, by the way, at WilliamsonNFL. He's a very good Twitter follow. Um, but uh, he works uh, for ProFootballNetworks.com, the Locked On podcast, uh, specifically Peacock and Williamson podcast. Make sure you get online and uh, and check it out. Uh, Gordon, know, Jake, I, Jake, oh, sorry, I go wanted, ahead. I wanted to run something by you real quick as far as the NFL goes. We talked earlier about the Chargers and all these losses they have. Is that good news or bad news? I know it's never a good idea to lose, but uh, do you think the Chargers are positioning themselves with a bright young quarterback for the future? Yeah, losing's probably not the worst thing in the world, probably, uh, especially uh, if he plays well. You know, you can you can add some pieces. But, you know, the the Chargers are not that far away from being a pretty decent team. A yeah, that's years what I mean. Ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if they're if they're building around Justin Herbert, the more, you know, better players you can get, the better, I'd say. So I, I don't know. It's probably one of those 
glasses half full, glasses half empty kind of thing. Uh, you know, eventually he looks like he's got a lot of promise, and he's going to yeah. figure out the winning part, I would guess. Just uh, <laughs> when a team loses these tight games, even if they were had the lead, I still don't think that's necessarily all bad news as as, as we're talking about setting up for what might come next. I know you want to build a culture of winning, and everyone talks about building that culture, but you got to come close usually before you you get there. You know. Well, I got no problem with it, particularly when they're going up against my Raiders. <laughs> Here we go again. Who, who you just heard? How many times they say right there? Going to make it's the not, playoffs. They're not your Raiders. They're Lloyd's Raiders. You're just borrowing them. They're, they're my guys. Did I just saw this quote uh, come across uh, my timeline, Gordon. Uh, good timing because we're talking NFL football, but this is absolutely hilarious. Did you see Bill Belichick's quote on resigning as head coach of the New York Jets? No, I did not. Here's the quote. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. One of the great moments of my career. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is incredible. Uh, that is funny. just savage. Oh, resigning that job right after I took it. One of the great moments of my career. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen with him. Because when you get used to winning the way he has and having nothing but really great teams or certainly competitive teams, year after year after year after year, and then you, I don't know where that team's going. Do you? I mean, just like Matt said, it seems like they're they're uh, they have a, a deficit of talent. How, you know, are they going to be able to rebuild that thing, or will Bill Belichick have the patience to do that? Well, rebuilding in the NFL um, can be the the fastest of the sports if if you. But do it's it kind of his fault but... if they don't, because he has so much say. Well, he kind of. In a weird way, he should have considered going out with Tom Brady just because, and you've seen these stories going around the interwebs talking about the Patriots the last few weeks. They really put themselves in a bind with the salary cap, basically kicking the can down the road uh, to be competitive, and they're now paying the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen this throughout the NFL in the salary cap era, right? I mean, you know, the, the 49ers famously did it in the Steve Young years where they just kept uh, doing these backloaded contracts, backloaded contracts, and pushing the salary cap penalties uh, down the road. But eventually, you know, that comes home to roost. What what I thought Matt said that was interesting is, is Bill Belichick, the GM, has never done Bill Belichick, the coach, any favors. I don't, I don't know if I've, I 100% agree with that because hasn't, isn't Bill famous for, you know, uh, uh, um, selling high and buying low i mean doesn't he have that reputation for he's willing to move off of his high price players and and move on to these kind of uh younger you know kyle van Noy like second chance type players uh, i mean i think uh, kyle van Noy that move alone uh, shows a lot of bill belichick's savviness as a as a general manager i'm not so sure that that i 100 percent am coming along with his take there he is bad well, in the draft he's right about they, that he's bad in the draft Right, they've picked they picked up guys who fit what they were looking for nicely, uh, especially like you said, guy you call them second chance guys, guys who may have been undervalued somewhere. Right, and he can utilize that. But now it seems like that they've lost so many that they, and they, you know, to their draft picks, it's not like they're picking from an advantageous spot every year. 
you know. I, I just wonder about his patience. Uh, how long? How long he'll he'll uh, be able to uh, take on the the batterings uh, without being well equipped for it? You know, he's so he's. I mean, some people say he's the best NFL coach ever. Mm. Do you know uh, that uh, that Tom Brady is, his cap hit for the Patriots is still thirteen and a half million dollars? Oh, really? I mean, that's that's what they've done. Is that right now they've got all this money on the cap that they're you know not even using. I mean, they're not paying Tom Brady that in a sense, but it's counting against their salary cap. You don't think the Patriots would draft a Zach Wilson, do you? Well, you brought that up the other day. I don't know. It, uh, I think that depends on how many uh, teams are in need for a quarterback and how high the Patriots are drafting. Seems like most teams are in need of a quarterback. <laughs> I mean. You know. Well, I don't think Cam Newton's the solution there, if that's what you're no. asking me. But if they, you know, if they've got the third pick, would they spend that on Zach Wilson or someone else? Trevor Lawrence is automatically the number one pick, isn't he? I it mean, would appear so. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And why am I going Blake? The the kid from uh, Ohio State. Yeah. Is kind um, of the consensus. Justin Fields. Fields. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. Little little brain uh, laps there. Uh, he he kind of is on most draft boards as the second. But then from there, I've seen Zach Wilson as high as three. Yeah. Yeah. 